0: Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast.
1: Well, I want to uh, I want to do a little bit of a tag team sermon this morning, and uh, the word that I want to bring you is called uh, is called protect. This house. Protect this house. Do you remember that Under Armour commercial a few years ago? By that, protect this protect this house um, so there was there was these athletes like, like there's one thing there's something about uh, going on the road and stealing a victory on the road but then there's something about like when when the enemy tries to come in and take your territory now you got to pray for your pastor I'm working through a couple of things this morning as I look at that as, as I look at that picture and I'll get to that picture in just a second but let me rewind to our earlier service today because we had a youth pastor that got up here and started using some kind of illustration about a team in North Carolina that wears light blue, that beat a team uh, in North Carolina that wears darker blue, and why are you cheering? Why you got Why you got to be that way? Here's here's what I know. Here's what I know that that the Lord has a city, and that city's name is Zion, and Zion will arise in the tournament. Come on, come on, Duke fans. Let's. That's what I'm believing for. That. <laughs> All right, we've we've divided the house quickly, so let's bring it back together over Jesus. But let me divide it one more time, because I'm staring at this picture of protect this house, and there's this quarterback that's staring back at me, so can I let you in on a, on a secret? Let me introduce our guest speaker, and then I'll, let, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the behind-the-scenes secret. So this morning, tag-team preaching with me is uh, someone that for the last 20 years of my life has been an amazing friend, a mentor, a prayer warrior. You have been my Samuel. You have come alongside me, uh, Pastor Phil, and God has used you to speak words of knowledge, to encourage me, to build me. When I preach, people here may not, if they're new in the last three years, may not know you, but they know you because I quote you a lot or refer to you a lot. And and it was just amazing. Like before service, people were like mobbing. Uh, he and Janice sitting down here and just, uh, uh, so can we just welcome Pastor Phil? He's gonna come in just a moment and bring bring the word so you say what does that have to do with the quarterback in the middle of the screen a lot here's what it has to do with so you think all oh, the Patriots have won all these championships because Belichick is a genius or because Tom Brady is the goat no that's not the that's not the reason at all here's the reason um, And it's exemplified by this one story. I was on an airplane getting ready to go to uh, Phoenix, and it was during the Super Bowl, and I was texting Pastor Phil, and I said something to him about praying during the Super Bowl, and he texted me back, and these were his words, I can't stop praying for the Patriots, Pastor Doug, any more than I can stop praying for you. So that's the reason... (laughs) That's the reason. So if you want the Panthers to step up and win a Super Bowl, you don't need to talk to Ron Rivera. You need to talk to Pastor Phil and just get him on your side. That's the, that's the secret, but I'm so excited um, to preach this word, and I'm so excited uh, to preach this, to tag team this with Pastor Phil. Uh, uh, the, you are going to be blessed today as, uh, as I am and have been for the last, again, the last 20 years in my life. Lots of different scriptures, so follow along, um, and they'll come up on the screen, but let me just kind of illustrate, uh, paint the big picture today by this. So pr- protect this house. Uh, protect this house, defending, the, the, un, the idea of the Under Armour commercial was this, it was defending our territory from the enemy, but with an offensive mindset. So, so let me uh, give you a couple of other examples, like in the 80s, this was exemplified by Star Wars and not that Star Wars, this Star Wars. In the 1980s, our president at that time, Ronald Reagan, we were under the threat of potential nuclear attack from the Soviet Union and other nations, and we didn't wait to defend, like we didn't wait until a nuclear missile was coming at us, we went on the offensive and launched this defense mechanism that was known as Star Wars, that we were gonna take the enemy out before the enemy took us out. In the 90s, it was exemplified when we went to uh, uh, uh uh, the Gulf War and the Patriot missiles took out those scuds in Desert Storm. And again, we were, we were defending our territory, but we were doing it in a way that was on the offense. And then uh, 9-11, September 11th came, and we felt the attack on our soil because we hadn't gone on the offensive. And we felt the, we felt the vulnerability. So let me just give this quick disclaimer. Number one. Um, The Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust. The Bible says that problems and persecution, remember last week's sermon, problems and persecution come. They just do. We live in a fallen world, so please hear your pastor today. Many of the problems that you are dealing with, many of the attacks that you're dealing with in your life are not a result of sin and they're not a result of the lack of prayer. However, with that uh, premise, let me ask this. How many today would say, Pastor, in the last three to six months, I have felt like I've gotten blindsided or I have felt like I've gotten kind of sucker punched by the enemy. My hands up. Just wave your hand. Keep your hand up. Look, look around. A lot of us, right? Uh, today, today we're saying, we're saying no more. Today we're saying we will protect this house. Today that we we say that we are going to through, Pastor Phil's going to be talking about a, a, a ministry that has been 20 years old at CFA called Prayer Walls. And I have just felt like the call to rise up once again, our walls... My, my fault, church. Your pastor has let the walls dwindle a little bit. We still have about 250 of you praying on prayer walls. Thank you. But we had another 200 join us in the 915 service. And let's get to, to 1,000. Can we get to 1,000? What if 1,000 people said we're going to rise up? And this morning, as Pastor Phil comes this morning, we will rise up and say, we will protect this house. Come on, give Pastor Phil a CFA round of applause as he comes to bring the word today.
0: Well, praise the Lord. It's so good to be home in such a beautiful church and so many loving people. Um, you might not know that till you leave and come back, but just a, a, a beautiful time we've had. And uh, feeling the love of all the people in this congregation. Pastor Tom always said this is a loving church, and it's true that it is. I want to congratulate you on your choice in a lead pastor. Not only is he one of the finest in the country, but he's the one God selected for this church. I believe that. I know that. You know, I watched him. He came in from Bible college and he was a middle school pastor and then he was a youth pastor then he worked up the executive pastor over all the pastors on staff. And on top of that, he became the youth director for the district at the same time over all the pastors in the state. And on top of that, along with those two, he was also a satellite pastor, had the largest church. Most of the satellite pastors, they only did their church. And he had those three large portfolios. And when I watched him performing that with such a great attitude and and, and, and impassioned, emboldened, and humble, and was able to pull that off, I realized he's smart too. You know, he's really smart to be able to do that. He's intelligent to figure that out and do all those things. But his secret is prayer. If anybody beat me in, to the church offices early in the morning, every morning that he was there, it would be Pastor Doug. And he might be worshiping him and praising him in the prayer place, uh, walking and praising him, or might be quietly uh, reading the word or journaling. But he's a real man of prayer. And it was here in Concord that I was praying about 20 years ago to give you this history, the heritage that you have of unceasing prayer over this congregation in 1999, some of you know how that started and some of you start, went on the wall and started praying then and still are. But some of you do not know how that happened. It was definitely a God thing. I was praying and the Lord just impressed upon me to pray for a nation. And I said, well, I've never done that. But I mean, it's hard enough to pray for people. But if you want me to pray for a nation, I'll give it a shot. You know, so I, I prayed. Uh, and she said, it's England. And then... While I was praying for that for a while, he said, there's a particular city I want you to zero in on. And he spelled it across the name. And I just wrote it down as I saw it, L-E-I-C-E-S-T-E-R. I looked it up, and sure enough, there was a city in the Midlands of England that was called... Lester. I thought it was Leicester for the longest time until I heard someone pronounce it as Leicester, England. And so I started praying. And then he said, there's a group. I want you to listen to this because he may call you in your ministry to do things and you see the vision and operate in it. And you may be shrink back, but God doesn't delight in people that shrink back. And uh, I fought it because uh, I, I not, wasn't accustomed to getting visions like this, especially for a ministry in another country. But I went with it. And just worked with the Lord uh, to do that. And he said, there's a group there. They're small, but they're fervent. I want you to contact them and tell them that I sent you to pray with them. That I want you to pray and agree with them in prayer. So uh, I thought that was ridiculous because, (laughs) you know, there's a city of 350,000. I've never even been there. I don't know of any group or anything. I thought maybe it was a hot group. You know, they they were known... in britain and had a certain name couldn't find anything finally i just sent for the chamber of commerce to send a list of the churches there was no internet then. They had to mail it over from across the pond. And there was about 300 churches there. And I highlighted three of them. All three belonged to the same group called Christ for Leicester. Isn't that something? Twelve churches. And all three. So I found the leader, a Scottish physician. Uh, I called him. His name was Dan Kay. And said, the Lord had called me to pray with you and everything. we started praying over the phone. He would give me a prayer request. And then that's when I saw the vision. I saw this dark, ominous, foreboding cloud over the Midlands of England. And the only thing that would penetrate through that cloud was an altar of unceasing prayer. But if that altar was established and went through it, would open up a portal, it would go right into the throne room of God, and then angels like Jacob's ladder would be able to go in and out if that was prayed over. So I gave that uh, vision To Dan, he took it to the group. He came back and said, "Feeler, we think that was definitely of gold. You know, he's Scottish. You know." And so I said, uh, "Well, uh, I think so too, because it keeps on coming back." He said, "How do we do it?" I said, do what? He said, establish an altar of unceasing prayers. I said, I don't know. I'm just seeing the vision. I have no <laughs> idea how you establish it. It Probably can't be done. Oh, yes, it can. Because I saw it in the vision. He said, well, could you find out? And I said, well, I'll try. So I found the Southern Baptist had a program called the Watchman Prayer Ministry. People would sign up to pray in an hourly slot once a week, not once a day, just once a week that they would pray. And they would have a prayer guide that would change every month. And, and think of the power of that. They all prayed of one accord with one prayer guide. I thought, that's amazing. That's like the upper room. The Holy Spirit broke out when people started praying like that. And so, I told Dan about it, you know, how they do it, and I found a church in Spartanburg that was doing it, and I called him and said, you mean you got really people that pray early in the morning and late night? He said, yeah. He said, we got people that work shift work, doctors, nurses, and people like that. They pray at all those different times. Older people get up early. and." At four o'clock and do that. And I thought, that's what I do now. You know, now that I think about 20 years ago I didn't, but I'm an older person. I get up early and I pray. But anyway, people will pray all those hours and, 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 and it will work. So I told Dan about it. And he went to the group. He said, Feel this definitely, oh God. He said, When can you come and present the vision? <laughs> Cast the vision. I said, I'm not coming to a vision. <laughs> I said, I just saw the vision. I keep telling you that, but I, I only see things. I don't do them. And uh, <laughs> you you've got a group of pastors there. You don't need me to 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 do that. He said, Oh yes, we do. You saw the vision, so you have to present it, you know. And I found out later that's the way God works. you Remember Joseph? He saw the the dream and interpreted it, the Pharaoh knew that's the one that should implement it. you know so I, I, I uh, was wrestling with it and it was a lot of pressure because here I'm getting this ministry everything's based on what I see and do. They're not all getting it they're just sort of confirming it. and I got to go over there over the pond and uh, try to present this to another people. And they're all counting on me. What if I got it wrong? What if I just? had too much to eat one night, or maybe I'm making a mistake, or I don't know, I, I do as a, so, uh, but I go, was going up to the mountains to the place where I pray, and going through the switchbacks, and I said, Lord, I gotta have a sign, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about a big sign, if I'm paying to go over there on a the plane, and we're gonna do these meetings, and these, work with these people, I haven't even met them before. You know and so I, I gotta have a big sign to do that and so he said well turn off the radio so i turned off he said wait on me and i waited on him 15 20 minutes later i got my sign great big old one 20 by 40 foot green sign exit here to l-e-i c-e-s t-e-r i said well even now i know that i have to go because you can't get a bigger sign than that for pete's sake you know so I got the sign, I went over there, and he said, you know, Phil, they don't know you, but I want them to know my hand is on you, and so I'm going to heal through you for that week. So sure enough, a, a pastor's wife uh, was healed of asthma, heart condition was healed, knees were healed, one man had brain damage, and he used a cane, and he was healed, and he left the cane at home and came to all the meetings. And uh, in fact, by the time we got to the end of the week, people were coming just for the healing. You know, not the Watchman prayer ministry. And so we erected that wall. And after they had prayed for a while, all of a sudden the churches started working together in the unity, which they never did before. And they started doing On the Move and the Jesus video and these evangelistic thrusts. They got a Christian constable, a Christian city manager. The people were desperate to pray because they knew, like it is now, that they may become England, the first Muslim country in Europe. And the Muslims were uh, getting their churches and converting them into things. so they had that desire to pray. All I had to do was present it. Well, when I came back, Pastor Tom uh, said, "You know, Phil, I think our church should have that ministry of." And I said, "Well, Pastor Tom, I, I don't know because I just saw that from England. I didn't see that. For CFAs, and no, I think you're going to preach one of the sermons, that I'm going to preach it, and he got down here, in this, uh, right in this area here, with bib overalls on, red camels with a zipper in the front, how many have seen those before, you know, he had official bib overalls, I don't know where he got them, he probably got a mail order, but anyway, he came down here, and he passed out these bricks, and he gave a brick to everyone that signed up on the wall, and some of those are still praying, 20 years. They've been praying our covering over this church for protection, for advancing the kingdom forward. This box was uh, made by Dr. Swan. He had a uh, workshop in the back of his house, and this is in the prayer place. And uh, so that brick, original brick, is still there. And after the church started praying, I think they got about 400 or so uh, praying, and then they increased it from there. Uh, Then we noticed that there was a lot of healings. The sick list started dropping. It used to be 14 people went down to 10 or 11, 8 or 9, 6 or 7. And when I left about three years ago, it was zero or three people in the hospital, and the church had doubled from 1,200, you know, to over 2,000. That was phenomenal. And fascinating. Pastor Derek noticed that six or seven years ago when he came to church and he used to have a gong or something. I've forgotten exactly what he did, But every time there was a healing during the week, somebody got healed or something. And he would uh, mention it. And the healings are still going on because there is a canopy of unceasing prayer here. And people loved it and still love it. And I love it. It's so much fun to get on that and pray in that prayer guide because every ministry I pray for uh, then... Uh, I share in the rewards of that ministry. It's real. You know, it's real. When you do that, you invest in that kingdom. One hourly slot a week. I hope you'll take us over a 1,000 in this, sir. I hope so, because missionaries are counting on you. The church is counting, the ministries, and the local ministry, the Dream Center, and everything will be counting on it. And the more people praying the more powerful it is. Well, we moved three years ago to the Raleigh area to be with our children and grandchildren. There's a church there, about 900. We presented the wall, 450 signed up to pray. And they, were, they received, over 100 people received Christ as their Savior. And the pastor was mentioning every week, three more came up, They accepted Jesus and they're their Savior. And he would keep mentioning, they got about 100. Now they sold their church, and they're building a larger one, multi-million dollar one, and uh, they're they're going to uh, uh, rent out their present facility and do that. The second church uh, where Janice and I attend is Raleigh First Assembly, and uh, and they they got uh, around the same number, 400 and some. They're a church of they were a church of about 1,800. They got about four or five hundred. Two years ago, last year they bumped to the 750 or 800 that are praying on the wall. And uh, Pastor Chad told me right after the wall was started the two years ago, he said, Phil, all the numbers are up. The giving, the, the uh, conversions, the baptisms, uh, the attendance, everything is up. Well, after two years of praying, they had a meeting about four weeks ago, uh, and they announced that they're building a multimillion dollar additions onto their church no telling what's going to happen here after they start praying but anyway for the youth and the children and um, and he said our attendance has gone from 200 he announced this to the uh, congregation to 2500 in that length of time I sent him a text as a pastor Chad awesome what God is doing uh, through the church and through, but I have to believe it has something to do with those watchmen praying around the clock he's texted back and said you're exactly right it's no coincidence. It's no coincidence. You see, things happen when you pray that don't happen when you don't pray. You know? And it's no coincidence. I've, I've learned over the years, watching this work, how come all these people get saved? How come they're healing? And God has led me to this scripture, First Peter 2, 5. You also, like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I believe when you start praying, see, you pray in your office, uh, commuting in your car, driving a truck, wherever you happen to be, at, at home, walking in the neighborhood, whatever. and there's like spiritual stones all over Cabarrus County and Davidson, and he's building a house. I believe if we could see in the spirit realm, we would see a spiritual house with the living stones, with Christ being the chief cornerstone. He's building a spiritual house, and inside the house is all the unsaved people. You know, that's why they get saved, they're sitting in church. Because you're praying over the whole area, living stones with prayers going up to Almighty God. And that's why the blindfolds come off, the enemy has on it, it, falls off of them, and they're open to see, and then they start and can receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. Somebody say amen, you know. That's the power you have. If you'll join everybody else to pray and to do those things, it, it is amazing. And in the scripture is this idea of a royal priest being a watchman, one that watches and prays on the wall. See, in Israel, a watchman would walk along the wall and he would repair bricks and he would speak scriptures and pray while he was watching for the enemy. And so, uh, so a royal priest can do that work of a watchman because they go through Christ uh, to have access to the Father to pray. And verse 9 tells you something of the power of this chief cornerstone with Christ. In Israel, you know, they're going to rebuild the temple. Every time they get ready to put a cornerstone out, everything breaks loose, riots and everything, because they know when that chief cornerstone is spread. Then they can build the rest of it, the how. Christ is our chief cornerstone. He's already there. We just need to build on top of him. Verse 9 tells us, but you are a chosen people. You're not ordinary people. You're not regular people. People out in the street can't pray or do any of these things that you can do because you're chosen, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. So the royal priest of living stones can pray people out of a living darkness. Has anybody ever known what it was like to be in a dark place in your life? you know, then he can co- bring you out of it. That's the responsibility we have. Pray them out of it and into the light. Um, I began discovering the, the position of a royal priest when I was doing a deliverance. It was for someone who had been in, in witchcraft for generations. And uh, the spirit was controlling them. And something rose up within me just to say this. And so I just said, I said, look. I'm a royal priest of the Most High God. And when I said that, all of a sudden, the, you know, whatever was there ran and hide, and the person came up and didn't know what was going on, you know, what just happened. And I realized, boy, something did just happen. The, that position as a royal priest has a lot of authority and power in the heavenlies. Are you with me? You know, And that's what God said, you're chosen to be a royal priest of the Most High God. Um, I would, Last year I was at the roof of the world where Satan has his throne. That's where I would put it, on the high ground of all of earth. And there's three of the four major religions have their main altar there. Uh, They're channeling in spirits and principalities and powers. We were going up to a, uh, one of the main temples, and uh, I was going there to pray. And as a royal priest, I have the authority to do this like you do. If you're a royal priest, you start working in it. And it was just like Indiana Jones, monkeys all over the place. And uh, they said, don't feed them because some of them are rabbits. I said, don't worry about that. You know, I'm not going to bring... And, and then they had these people with prayer wheels and chanting and all incense and all kinds of confusion. And I just stood up there and I just said, and I've done this in other temples around the world too, Machu Picchu, the lost city thing, China and everything. But I sat there with my community I said... I have the authority in Jesus Christ to use the keys to the kingdom, the power to bind and loose on earth and bind and loose in heaven. I bind all enemies of Christ, and I don't care how many thousand years you've been here, I cast you out and send you in the hands of Jesus Christ. And then I took communion, and I took the bread, and I said, I take this, the body that was broken for me in the cross, of the all the wheels are going and enchanting. I take the body of Christ, and I took communion, and then I laid it on the altar. I ruined Satan's whole day. He's been working years <laughs> building up that altar. And then I took the blood of Jesus, and I took some of it, and then I poured it on there. I could cleanse the foulest altar clean, and did that. It, it was amazing. I, I, I be Early Earlier in my life, I couldn't have done that. I had a spirit of fear I had to always deal with. But God broke me of that because he taught me how to depend on him and his strength and not my own. And it made a big difference. There were some little kids I saw on the news um, recently. They were in in a class with their teachers and their uh, parents, uh, a whole class of students, and they were approaching... The uh, a senator, a U.S. senator, and saying, imploring them, please vote for the Green New Deal because we're losing the planet. We're going to die in 10 years. You know they were doing, and I thought to myself, thank goodness my grandchildren know better than that. I do a Bible study with them every week. They know they're not in danger of losing the planet because they know never had the planet. The planet's in the hands of almighty God who created the heavens and the earth. And he's kept it for thousands of years and he's faithful to keep it for the next thousands of years. But you see, there are thoughts. Those children, I thought, they're going to be gripped by fear and have all kinds of problems because there's a fear-based thought. And I learned from Dr. Caroline Leaf who studies thoughts and how they're processed through the brain that you only have two kinds of thoughts. Fear-based or faith-based. And when I'm fearful, I'm connected to the world, the flesh, and the devil. But when I'm um, faith-based, I'm connected to Almighty God. I know everything's going to work out. He's my hope and my salvation every day. He's going to work things out for good. And I he can do all, all things are possible through Christ who has strengthened me. That's faith-based. And when you become a royal priest, you have to step into that position. See, there's, there's believers that aren't operating in a faith they aren't operating as a royal priest, but they can. Everyone in here can. You work on it. You work on it. I'm still working on it, how to, and how to take my position as a royal priest and watch and pray. Watch what God shows me and pray that in. So when you get your prayer guide each month, those of you willing to stand up for God and protect the church, when you get it, you pray as he shows you, as well as what's on the prayer guide, because he will show you things that may not even be on there. Now I started thinking about this. What's this deal with the royal priest? A royal priest. And so the Lord said, look, there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When we accepted Christ, and he took our sins away, and we accepted him as our Savior, what did we become? The bride of, say it louder, Christ. That's as close as you can get. (laughs) the <laughs> three of them, I'm, by marriage and in-law, I'm, I'm part of the royal family. Somebody say amen. That's good news, you know. I mean, you just think about that. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the Bride of Christ, you know. So I'm member of the royal family. Whenever I see the news all the time, AOL news, I'll quickly do that on the Internet. They're always talking about the royal family and everything. What, what country are they talking about that has the royal family? England. That's a little island. You're, you're a royal in the family of the one that controls all the heavens and the earth. Hallelujah! Yeah. That's just an island. You're a royal. You remember the royal family. Somebody say, I'm a royal. Oh. Uh, that's what you are. According to God, you're chosen in a royal priesthood. And when you step in that position, you've got power in the heavenlies. You've got power because uh, you're a royal priest. It says um, in Numbers 153... Uh, but the Levites, the priests, will camp around the tabernacle of the Covenant to protect the community of Israel from the Lord's anger. The Levites are responsible to stand guard. Did you get that? You're responsible because you're a priest. See you're, a royal, you're a royal member of the royal family, but when you operate as a priest, you're interceding to the Father on behalf of others. but you're a royal priest. You have an opportunity today. See these stacks of cards here. To join the others and become a royal priest. You know, so you're a royal priest to stand guard around. And the the scripture for uh, the watchman prayer ministry is, O Jerusalem, this is in Isaiah 62, 6 and 7, I have posted watchmen on your walls. They will pray day and night continually. Take no rest. All you who pray to the Lord, give the Lord no rest until he completes his work until he makes Jerusalem, Cabarrus County, and Davison the pride of the earth. See, we can't pray 24-7, but we don't have to, because the bride can. If we all do it together and just pick one slot a week, we do that. And that's a ministry you can do. And if you have a grandmother or grandparents or parents or something that's in a nursing home, invite them to pray on the wall, because they can never go to church, and they can never go to meetings, and they can never do it, but they can pray. And they can pray in a certain slot, and some of them are very, very powerful. You know, So this is a ministry you do that is very spiritually powerful and rewarding. And it's only once a week you have to do it. No meetings. You get the prayer guide, and you pray off of that. And the prayer guide is working on by Pastor Doug. And Pastor Doug's coming to tell about how this church has a tremendous destiny ahead praise god yeah <laughs> hallelujah show our appreciation to
1: pastor Phil amazing word thank you so much are you ready let's go let's go we we need 550 to get to 1000 grab the grab this card if you will go ahead and put your name your email and phone we're asking for one will you fight for one hour a week, one hour a week, so that we can have unceasing prayer covering us as a, as a canopy. Uh, and we'll call for a response here in just a moment. Let me read a couple of scriptures and call to response. Exodus 12, 13 says this, this is, this is what's going on. Pastor Phil shared about the priests and the spiritual house. Let me give you a couple more things that are going on when we pray. Exodus 12:13 But the blood on your doorposts will serve as a sign marking the house where you are staying. You know the enemy's trying to mark your home. He's trying to mark it with sickness. He's trying to mark your kids with rebellion. He's trying to mark it with unbelief. He's trying to mark it with fear. He's trying to mark it with anxiety. But as we come together and pray together, what we're doing is we are pleading the blood. We're saying we're not gonna accept the mark of the enemy. We're gonna accept the mark of the, of the blood of Jesus. And our homes will begin to be marked by the blood of Jesus. And then it says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt, and then in Zechariah two five, then I myself will be a protective wall of fire around Concord, around Canapolis, around Mount Pleasant, around Locust, around Davidson. It will be around us all, says the Lord, and then I will bring the glory inside the city. the The picture it kind of reminded me of is is Wakanda. Did did you see Black Panther? Did you see the Avenger movies? Yeah, you can give it up for Jesus and Wakanda. You can give it up. Don't be ashamed to give it up for Wakanda. But Wakanda, one of the great things about the city of Wakanda is it had this protective, protective shield around it. That the enemy couldn't penetrate it. That's what I see. We're going to begin to move in more spiritual gifts than we've ever moved, in. we're going to see more salvations. We're going to multiply. It's going to be the greatest gear of evangelism that Cabarrus County and Davidson has ever seen because we're operating in this spiritual house. We're operating in a covering. Your grandkids that live live three states over are going to be protected. Your your children are going to be raised in an atmosphere where the fire of God is around them and the glory. You can let your you can let your daughter go be. missionary and you're not going to have to worry about it because she's going to be covered by the power and protection of god that's what's going to happen what we're saying is hey enemy go ahead and shoot your arrows but they're not going to touch us not not on our watch not in this house see the enemy's trying to destroy our nation with abortion and sinful expressions of sexuality, but I will protect this house. He's trying to get our kids with depression and anxiety and alcohol and drugs and pornography, but I will protect this house. He's trying to divide us with racism, but I will protect this house. He's trying to take the Bible out of schools and trying to bring guns and killers into our schools, but I will protect this house. He's trying to take down marriages and get fathers out of the picture, but I will protect this house. He's trying to blind the minds of unbelievers, but I will protect this house. CFA we will rise today and we will decree and we will declare that our city will serve God our Schools will be safe our government will stand for righteousness our police will be protected all skin colors and nationalities Will be welcomed the poor of our city will be cared for our children and our grandchildren will serve the lord our ministries will multiply as for me and my house we will serve the lord we will live under the covering of the blood of jesus and he is our king The, let me speak to the men just for a moment women I honor you the Bible says that in Christ Jesus there is neither Jew or Greek male or female we believe in the power of God upon women we believe in the calling and the anointing upon women to ministry but hear me In the last couple hundred years of church life, somehow this idea of priest and this idea of warrior and covering and prayer and intercession has somehow become relegated to the ladies. And ladies, hear me, I'm not calling you down, but I'm calling the men up. I'm calling the, man, I'm calling the men of the house. The Lord is calling the men of the house up. Men, here's what it would be like. It would be like this nation is under siege and you open the door and you tell your wife, go ahead, go fight them go ahead kids go fight them no we're gonna step up men of God I want you to take this card and I want us in just a moment we don't do this every Sunday but men I'm getting ready to call you forward I believe that there's some warriors in the house I believe that there's some priests in the house I believe that there are some fighters in the house men if you will join me and say I will I will protect this house I will protect this house not on my watch would you just begin to come to this altar take your card with you but men say I I will be the priest. I will be the priest of your home, of your future home. I will see my kids and grandkids be protected. I believe that God is calling every man to step forward and to step into a new place. You're God is calling you to step into a new place of authority, man. He's calling you to step into a new place of anointing. He's telling you, he's calling you. Come on, ladies, cheer them on. Cheer them on. Cheer them on. Come on, man. Come on, man. Let's rise up in the house. I will. I will. I will. I will. I will not on my watch. You can turn back, enemy. You can turn back, enemy. Come on, man. Let me hear you say, I will protect this house. Let's go guys, come on, I will protect this house. Say it one more time, I will protect this house. Now here's what I want you to do, man. I want you to turn around and face the audience. I want you to turn around, and I want you to look at your families. Some of you are single. I want you to look at your future families. I want you to see your kids or your grandchildren that live in Kansas, and I want you to declare over them. Say it again. Say, I will protect this house. Say, I will protect this house. Man, I release you. You are warriors. You are fighters. You have it in you. You have it in you. Don't let the enemy lie to you any longer. You are fighters. You are warriors. You have this in you. Men, turn, turn back around, turn back around, turn back around. Everybody stay here. Everybody stay here. Everybody stay here, ladies. We need you shoulder to shoulder and side by side. Under 18, we need you with us. How many many more of the women and children say, I will fight alongside or with you? Throw up your hand. We will. Say that, say, we will. Protect this house. Say, we will. Protect this house. Lift both hands to heaven, Father. I release an anointing of intercession in the name of Jesus. God, you're call, you're gonna call some people to pray at two o'clock in the morning. God, I thank you that that's their shift and not mine. (laughs) But you're you're gonna release an anointing in the house. You're gonna release a spirit where we are standing and fighting. We will fight for this generation. We will fight for the lost. We will fight in the name of Jesus and we will see that spiritual porthole open wider over Cabarrus County, open wider over Davidson in Jesus' name. With heads still bowed and eyes still closed, you can put your hands down but if you say pastor I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I don't I don't even need him as my protector right now. I do, but I need him mostly as savior. With heads bowed with eyes closed if you would say pastor, I feel like I've been walking around but I'm not awake. I feel like I'm going through the motions but I'm not Alive, And I need Jesus to breathe his breath of life into my lungs so that I can live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose. Pastor, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I don't know that heaven would be my home, but I want to make that decision right here, right now. Pastor, I might even get baptized after service, but but, but more than that, you just say, I need Jesus on the count of three. I don't want you to hesitate. I want you to just shoot up in this atmosphere of faith. Don't wait because there's an atmosphere of faith in the house that people will surround you and and cheer you on as you make this decision heads bowed eyes closed one two three hand up if that's you say that's i got you i got you who else i need jesus i got you who else i need jesus everybody everybody in the house let's pray this together say jesus forgive me of my sins i ask you to come into my heart and come into my life cleanse me help me to live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose in Jesus' name. Come on, let's celebrate with those who gave their hearts and lives to Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.